Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> like, is this working? <laughs> Thank you, Nadia. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate the love. <laughs> right, I'm just going to dive straight in today. Um, so last September, I was gearing up to the very first season as a stay-at-home parent without actually having any kids at home. It would be the first time in 10 years that I'd be home alone, and I was so excited about this time that I was going to have all this free time. I was going to be able to get things done that I'd had on to-do lists for like years, and I was hoping to find a new and improved version of myself, and um, that time... I was hoping would be filled with coffee dates and quiet walks, and I'd even had a prophetic word at camp that year that it was going to be a time of um, peace and ease. But what followed quickly after was one of the hardest seasons that I've ever been through. Um, from September to December, our youngest son, Vinny, ended up being quite sick. Vidi is five, and since he was born, he um, was born with his airways being 50% smaller than they should be, um, which means that whenever he gets any cold, any cough of any kind, his airways swell up even more, and then he really struggles with a persistent cough, um, with croup symptoms, and on many occasions, he's been struggling just to breathe. Um, more than once, we've had him going blue in our arms as we're waiting for ambulances to get to us in time. Um, so when he gets sick, it's a really scary time for me. And um, we're often just hoping and praying that he doesn't end up in a merge. Um, so last year, he started school, and he must have picked up, like, every cold that was going around. He was in school for a week. He'd be off school for a week. Um, and that pattern continued from the first week of school to Christmas break. Um, and the in-between of all of that was just a roller coaster of emotions for me. I was far from the peace-filled coffee dates that I'd imagined. I was in the middle of what just felt like a crazy storm. So today I have a word for us about God being with us through trials in life. And my title is Lions, Fires, Storms, and Vinny. <laughs> Um, we're going to be looking at three stories in the Bible today that can help get us through trials in life. And I'm going to start with the story of Daniel in the lion's den. This story is found in Daniel 6, and I'm sure we're all pretty familiar with the story. So I'm just going to su summarize it today rather than read the whole thing. Um, so at the time of King Darius, a law was brought into effect that said that anyone who prayed to anyone other than the king would be thrown into the den of lions. Daniel was a God-fearing man, and he continued to pray to God three times a day as he had always done so. As a result, he was thrown into the den of lions. Days later, when the king released Daniel, Daniel testified that God had sent an angel to shut the lion's mouths, and Daniel walked out of the lion's den without even a scratch to be found on him. Um, I've got three main points today, and my first point, which we can learn from this story, is that we can stand firm with the Lord. So Daniel was one of those key Old Testament characters that stood firm with the Lord, he knew God intimately, and he trusted him. He prayed to God, and he worshipped him, even when he knew that it could have cost him his life. And as he walked into the lion's den, he was completely trusting God with his life. 
And sometimes we're faced with situations in life where we need to stand firm with the Lord, even when it may cost us something. Sometimes, like Daniel, we're faced with situations where we're trusting God for our life or even for the lives of others. But we can have the same trust that Daniel had because we serve the same God that Daniel did. Daniel was alone in the lion's den. God was with him, but otherwise he was alone. And trials and hardships can often make us feel like we're isolated and alone. Um, We can feel like, you know, all of our friends and our family are getting on with their lives while we're facing what feels like a setback. Um, Social media feeds make it look as if everyone we know is living their best life and we're the only ones struggling away. But we're definitely not alone in our struggles. No matter what we're going through, God is always with us. Just like he was with Daniel, he's with us. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And although Daniel was alone in the lion's den, the king was actually really concerned in the end about him. And even before he was sent into the lion's den, the king was worried about him. Um, Daniel 6, verse 14 to 16, says, Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament, even though he was the one that had put put him there. (laughs) In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And so often in trials of life, we can be like the king, trying to figure out worldly answers to what can only be redeemed by a miracle. Um, Sometimes we push absolutely every other door that we can without even thinking about bringing it to the king of the heavens. Um, But he wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to ask him for help. And in our asking, we're showing him faith. And faith is something that he can work with. We bring him our mustard seed of faith, and he will move the mountains. (laughs) Sometimes we need the same faith that the king had, knowing that only God can save us and get us out of the situation. Um, I really love this quote from A.W. Tozer, which says, Faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. Faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. And Daniel was in the lion's den for three days. I don't know why, but I always thought it was like one night, like a sleepover kind of thing. But um, I think, (laughs) I don't know, I think you always hear it as a kid and like that was what I had in my head. But I think sometimes our trials can often last so much longer than we expect them to last. And last year when Vinny was sick, I can tell you that in September and October, I had way more faith than I did by November. And by September, I was lit, by December, I was literally just clinging on to that tiny mustard seed of faith, having just the smallest bit of hope left that God would break in and do something. And I think sometimes the waiting, the time when it goes longer than even our worst expectations, that can actually be the hardest part. 
But James 1, verse 2 to 4, tells us to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I think God sees so much more strength in us than we see in ourselves. And these trials can just often be a time that God uses for us to grow. Throughout the time that Daniel was in the lion's den, the king actually started to fast and pray and seek God for himself. Um, The miracle of Daniel ending up living through the lion's den triggered the king to see that God like really is the true God. And he saw and believed for himself. And then at the end of Daniel 6, he ended up issuing a decree that the whole land would serve and fear God. So it makes me think that maybe this whole trial was actually for something so much greater. And sometimes we can't see that God actually can use our trials for something so much greater in our lives. And then subsequently in the lives of those around us too. So first and foremost, to get through trials, we stand firm with the Lord. My second point that can help us through trials in life is that we can stand with those closest to us. In a somewhat similar story to Daniel, Daniel 3 tells us the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace. And like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship the gold statue that the king had set up, and so they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Um, a different king this time was King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> king Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he was so mad with them that he ended up heating the furnace seven times hotter than usual. And the furnace got so hot that it overheated, and the men that even threw them in died in the fire. Yet when the king looked into the fire, he saw four men in the fire, and the fourth man was Jesus. God was with them. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right in the middle of the furnace. And with that, the king commanded that the men come out of the fire. And Daniel 3, 27 says, the hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. And I really love this story, but I find that part especially to be a real miracle, because I don't know about you, but whenever I'm around a campfire, everything I'm wearing stinks of fire, even if I've just been there for five minutes. And my hair especially, like, reeks. So to think that they didn't even smell of fire is like such a miracle. Um, But I believe God wants us to know that he can bring us through trials in the same way, where there won't even be a trace or a smell or even a scar of what we've been through. Um, I felt God speak to me today about this and to say specifically that there may be some of you today that the trial that you're walking through has some perceived shame or even embarrassment attached to it. And I say perceived shame because I don't actually believe that you've done anything um, that requires you to feel any shame. Um, But the enemy has been trying to spin you that lie and you've been believing it. But God wants you to know that he wants to walk you through to a point where no one will be able to even smell a hint of what you've been through. And you just don't need to worry about it because God's got complete restoration for you.
Jesus. Um, Zechariah 13, verse 9, says, I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. Malachi 3, verse 3, says, He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver. Like I mentioned before, sometimes the trials of life can cause great growth in us. And I definitely didn't go into that season last year expecting that a fiery furnace was going to be God's way of me discovering a brand new version of myself. I'd imagined a much more Instagrammable version. Um, But the refining of gold and silver happens with fire. It happens with pressure. And the heat is turned up and all of the dross, all of the rubbish, the waste of our lives, it just comes right up to the top. And it's not pretty at all, but it's very necessary. Um, A few months ago now, Vinny was sick again. And one night in particular, he was coughing pretty badly. And he'd already been to Emerge a couple of nights before. And I was just really frustrated that he was coughing so badly again. And the dross was most definitely coming up to the surface in me. All of my worries were back. And I was just also pretty mad at the enemy that Vinny was sick again. Um, Listening to your child coughing and struggling to sleep is just not peaceful at all. And I think, especially as moms and as parents, something happens in our hearts when you're hearing your kid sick. Um, So anyway, he'd been like coughing away nonstop for hours at this point. And he'd also spent most of the day coughing. And his body was really weak, and he just had no energy. And at this point, it was pretty late in the night, and the boys had been in their beds for like a few hours. So I was like, right, I'm just not going to take any more of this. And so I just go marching up the stairs, and I'm like, just sit myself on the bottom bunk with Vinny, and I'm like, right, I'm just going to pray in tongues until he just stops. So I just sit there and start praying in tongues really loudly over him, and he stops. And I'm like, okay, all right, this is good. So I just give it a little bit of time to see if he's going to cough. No cough. And I'm like, right, okay. And then just from the top bunk, I just hear this, I didn't know you could speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) And Malachi, our eldest, had been just lying wide awake, probably wondering what on earth was going on, why I'd come marching into the room, speaking in tongues over Vinny. Um, But I just love God's sense of humor, and I love how he can bring peace in in better ways than we can even expect. Like, that was the absolute best thing. Um, (laughs) So the fires of life bring out the gold, and... (laughs) And um, it's often in those darkest times that breakthrough can happen. But sometimes it's not breakthrough of the issue being sorted. Sometimes it's actually a breakthrough moment with God. Um, And I remember sitting in the emergency room last December with Vinny, and my breakthrough moment came. And this was my absolute lowest moment. Vinny had been so bad this day that I'd almost called an ambulance But instead, I just quickly got him into the car, and I really quickly regretted that decision. There's a picture of me in the car there. Um, As I hit traffic, uh, highway traffic on the 417, 
and I was just praying the whole way there that we would get there in time and that he would have enough breaths in between the coughing um, to make it to the hospital. And I sat there in the hospital room with him with the mask there and he was very lifeless and um, the peace that God had said way back at camp came into the room. And it came in the form of a text message from Sanyu. And the beginning of that message said, Alex, as you're at the hospital again with Vinny, I feel the Lord wants to encourage you not to give up or have the sense of hopelessness. Take courage, he is working this out. And other text messages came, scriptures came, just built me up. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. It was God's voice just speaking directly to my heart. And in that moment, I had instant peace. But not only that, I went home that night knowing that I could have peace in the storm. Um, knowing that I could have peace and ease like I'd had prophesied over me. And I realized that the word God had given me, it wasn't false hope. It was the words of a God who can bring you peace in the fire. It's the God who can lead you out of the flames without a sniff of smoke on you. And your breakthrough may come when you're lying in pain one night dealing with a health flare-up, or it may come when you've eaten your last meal without any knowledge of when you're going to get your next one. But you can lean into those friends who will stand with you through the fire. And if you don't have friends like that, then ask God who he's placed around you that could be one of those friends and reach out to them and be vulnerable. I have not found it easy to be vulnerable, and I still don't always find it easy to be vulnerable or ask for help. But by being honest and vulnerable in our times of great need, the people of God really, really show up. And I would be without so much blessing in my life if I didn't ever shout help to my friends. So we stand firm with God, and we lean on our friends through the trials of life. My um, third point that can bring us through trials is standing with our church community. We, story, we find this story in Matthew 14, verse 22 to 36. And it says, The disciples had gone ahead of Jesus to the other side of the Sea of Galilee in a boat, and as they were rowing, a storm came. The wind and waves were crashing against the side of the boat, and they were in trouble. Then a figure started walking towards them, walking on the water. They first thought it was a ghost, but as the figure got closer, they saw it was Jesus. Peter called out to Jesus and said, Lord, if it's really you, call me to walk on the water to you. And Jesus called him, and eyes fixed on Jesus, Peter began to walk on the water. But as soon as Peter looked down at the waves of the sea, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Jesus then calmed the waves, and the disciples were all in awe of him. And like Peter, you may have felt God's call to you to step out of the boat in faith and to walk to him. But taking those steps can seem impossible. It can be scary. And the gap between your faith and Jesus' faith can just seem huge. And the wind and the distractions of life can so easily cause us to lose our focus on him. And Peter lost his faith and started to sink. We too, we also get it wrong. And we're not perfect. We don't always have faith. Yet when we're weak, he is strong. And sometimes we need to come to the end of ourselves to really see his power show up in our life. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 9, says three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. But each time he said, my grace is all you need. 
my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. And in this story of Peter walking on the water in front of the disciples, it can often be seen as such a failure story, a story where he lost his faith, he sank into the waves, and he failed in front of all of his friends. Yet there's so much more to the story. We just so often forget the miracle that Peter walked on water. Um, some of you might remember last year when um, we all prayed for Vinny one Sunday up at the front before the service, and Caleb sat at the front with a really weak Vinny, and you all surrounded us and prayed for him when we couldn't. We hadn't lost all of our hope or faith, but in that moment we had absolutely nothing left to give, and we were beginning to sink in the storm. And we both sobbed, me and Caleb, as we were surrounded by faith-filled friends, by our loving community, and by all of you who stood in the gap for us that day. And like Peter in the storm, we were vulnerable in that moment. We were real messy. I think like all of my snot was like all over Tamara's shoulders as I just sobbed on her. Um, and life can be messy, and our messiness can actually prevent us from being vulnerable with one another. But we're all exactly the same, and we all need each other. Um, we can think that we're the only ones who act that way, and we can be too embarrassed to be real with one another. But our heart here at Local is that we're wanting to build a safe community and a safe harbor for, for all of us. Um, we offer prayer ministry at the end of every service, so if you're ever here on a Sunday and like us that day, you have no strength left and you just need your community to stand in the gap, then we want to be here for you and we'd love to pray for you for whatever it might be. So just come to the front at the end of the service. So does God want to calm a storm in us today? And I feel more specifically to ask does he want to calm a storm in our minds today? Um, when I was about 16, I got a brand new CD player for Christmas. And with it, I got the newest Kylie Minogue CD. Is there anyone who even knows Kylie Minogue in the room? <laughs> Three people. <laughs> um, I hope everyone at least knows what a CD and a CD player is because I know I'm old. <laughs> But anyway, my brand new Y2K CD player had um, the ability to set a timer every morning, and it was basically an alarm clock to whatever CD I wanted to set it to. So every morning, I used to wake up to la, 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 la. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Just going to keep on singing. <laughs> Um, but I believe God is asking us today, what do we wake up to every morning? What do we have playing in our mind? What voices are we listening to? What are we even speaking over ourselves? Is it good? Is it damaging? What are we believing? And it takes effort to get up out of bed in the morning and actually change the record. But sometimes we need to do that for our health. Um, Past sickness or past trauma has a way of triggering us into thinking that it's going to happen again. Our minds get into habits of thinking the exact same way. And every time Vinnie coughs, I struggle with thoughts that tell me that this is the beginning of that whole cycle happening again. It's like his cough kicks off the timer to the CD that's playing in my mind. I get low-level anxiety and my mind just so often just rushes to the worst-case scenario. 
So what is the narrative that starts your, in your head every morning? If we don't spend time intentionally abiding with God, that might be praying, reading the word, being aware of his voice to us, then we will be abiding in the world. If we're not intentional with what we're putting into our minds, then the CD of the world's narrative will start up in the morning and we'll keep going through our minds until we turn it off. Sometimes this narrative of the world can be affecting us more than we're aware, but after a few months or so, we realize that we're living in fear, maybe, maybe some depression, we're easily angered or we're lustful. Lamentations 3, verses 28 to 30 says, when life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter into the silence and bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. And if this is you today, know that all we need to do is like Peter in the storm. We just need to fix our eyes back on Jesus. We may need to take some voices um, out of our lives so that we can hear his voice so much clearer to us. Some of you may be aware, but in the UK, we have a lot of different accents. There's actually about 56 accents in the UK, which is a lot for a really small island. And it means that you can drive not even an hour down the road and people sound completely different to you. Um, right before we moved to Canada, we lived in a town called Tamworth, which was very much home for us. And in Tamworth, the accent is Brummy. It's Birmingham. So if you've ever seen Peaky Blinders, it's basically that accent. It's, it's not the nicest. It's actually been rated Britain's ugliest accent. <laughs> But for us, it's a homely accent. <laughs> we absolutely love it. <laughs> and one of my most comforting favorite all-time memories is taking Lily to see Tan Santa in Tamworth. There she is. That's her thumbs up, by the way. Yeah, when she was two. And Santa, typical looking Santa, Tamworth Santa, just popped Lily on his lap and said, what do you want for Christmas, Bab? And honestly, my heart just melted. Bab, <laughs> which is short for babe, is what my grandparents used to call each other. So that whole phrase just has such a special place in my heart. But I think it's the same with God's voice, that when we hear his voice cut through all of the noise around us and speak directly to us, it brings that comfort. It brings love. It brings warmth and truth to our hearts. It's like the voice of our mom or dad or Santa or whoever's closest to us. <laughs> so let's make sure that we're um, escaping the noise, that we're listening to his voice and we're letting his voice bring that love, the warmth, as well as the truth and power that it brings as well. Because there's really no substitute for God's voice speaking directly to our hearts. And I definitely don't want to be missing out on what he has to say to me. God often works in ways that we don't expect. When Jesus was with the disciples and first began his ministry, everyone thought that he was here to defeat Rome. Everyone thought that the purpose of the Messiah was to save them from Rome. However, God's big plan was always that Jesus would die on the cross. And so often we can expect that God will defeat our Rome or he will defeat the world's evils. However, God's plan was to bring his own son, the Messiah, 
to die a sinner's death on the cross, to go through ridicule and to go through abuse. And his death on the cross not only did defeat Rome, but it has defeated every Rome since. And he has overcome the whole world. Um, you might be pleased, pleased to hear that Vinny's had a very healthy fall season so far. <laughs> <laughs> We heard at the beginning of the year that his airways have actually grown by 20%. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're enjoying many more healthy days this year. But the biggest change of all is just the peace that's in my heart. Even when he has been sick, I've been so much more at peace in the storm. When we knew he was born, when, when he was born, we knew that we should call him Vinny. And our nickname for him has always been Victorious Vinny. But his name means prevailing and conquering. And I believe that Vinny will be telling his own stories one day of how God has called him to be a conqueror. So just to wrap us up, being Christians in the world doesn't mean we get to avoid all of life's trials or challenges. It also doesn't mean that it's our job to eliminate all of the sin in the world. I don't believe that our mission is to right every wrong as if we're here to police the world. Instead, I believe that we're to fix our eyes on Jesus. Our mission is to bring people to him. It's to bring people to salvation. And then he will deal with the sin and he will cause his people to be fruitful. Trials will still come and the world will get darker. But just like Daniel, we can stand firm in the Lord. And through the fires of life, we can stand strong with our closest friends. And through the storms of life, we can stand firm with our church community. Our God who performed all of these miracles continues to perform miracles today. Lastly, and maybe um, the band could all come up and join me. <laughs> um, John 16, verse 33 says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace in this godly world you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian or you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you can become friends today with the God who calms the storm, the God who loves you so much that can be with you through the fires of life. If this is all new to you today, but something struck a chord inside of you and you know that you want the life that I'm talking about, then you can make that decision today. You can make the decision that so many of us here in the room have done to become a follower of Jesus, to become a Christian. So if that's you today, I'm going to read a prayer in a moment that you can repeat after me. And in doing so, you'll be asking Jesus to come into your heart as Lord of your life. So if everyone in the room today could just bow their heads. I'm going to ask everyone in the room to close their eyes as well for the sake of privacy. And so with everyone in the room, with their eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you today and you would like that to make that decision, could you raise your hand now? I'm just going to give it another minute in case there's anyone else who wants to make that decision today.
Okay, so with all eyes closed, let's all pray this prayer together today. If you can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. Amen.